Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. When everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us. So we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. (laughs) Hi, Jeff. (laughs) Hi, Joe. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Uh, It's Jeff. You know, um, I'm a podcast listener. I don't usually go online and watch videos of the same thing. This is my personality. Yeah. If you are that person, too, listening to this, and you're a listener... Every once in a while, you just need to jump on <laughs> and watch on YouTube, and because uh, if the editor is nice and leaves Jeff in the camera frame, sometimes you get some funny little yeah, that's right facial expressions there's during a, that there's intro. A, there's a podcast within the podcast. There is, there is. I mean, I have to have to as relative. I read that intro every week, and <laughs> I feel like it always hits you different <laughs> every time. Well, my goal. I do another podcast with Eric Miller called for uh, Momentum Ministry Partners. And my goal is to is to make him screw the intro up. <laughs> and he's he's easier than you are, Joe. You, you're pretty focused. I can get Eric to screw up his intro really, really easily. Well, you know, I've done. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure we're recording right around our 74th episode. So I got all this tenure. You know, like, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm surprised. I don't have it memorized yet. Yeah, you should. I bet. I wonder if you do and you don't know it. Like subconsciously, I actually think it's because I know I can just read it. Yeah. And so, because um, the other day someone was like, well, you know the intro. And I was like, well, from news sources to comedians, friends. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just like, you just don't, you don't access that part of your brain. Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Jeff, you doing all right? I am. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about some relationship stuff today. You know, it seems, Jeff, that like relationships seem to be one of life's struggles. <laughs> <laughs> and joys, but yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The yeah, joy yeah. of most things. But um, there's a lot of difficulty there. And this person submitted a question, and it's exactly that, but not just the tension between a relationship, but specifically the tension of having a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so they said, it's very difficult to focus on my wife, my children, my career, my church, and to pivot my attention from one incredibly important person to another thing or to another thing constantly back and forth. Goodness, it seems like impossible to even be good enough in most of those arenas. So Jeff, how do we navigate like all of these things that pull and and just grab for our attention, especially these relationships that we hold so dear? That's a great question. And um, uh, speaking as a person who has a lot of relationships mm-hmm. and a lot of responsibilities and and uh, in different venues of the world, um, I I want to answer this question in two ways. Uh, one way, I, I'll give you a, a suggestion of how, uh, at least how I schedule my life, um, and then I also want to give you a uh, a freedom, all right? So uh, the suggestion is this, that part of his question is, like, I jump from thing to thing to thing to thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Some people do that really naturally. It's no big deal. Uh, some people um, are... Uh, their life might look like mine where I'm just enabled. <laughs> so like if I'm, when I'm going into a meeting 
one of my assistants is literally handing me the notes to walk out the door with, you know, and so you can build systems and things like that um, if you have that kind of freedom. Um, but most people don't, and, mm-hmm. and most people are just trying to be like, I'm trying to be a good husband, a good dad. That's what this guy's saying, and I'm trying to serve at the church, and I'm trying to work, you know. Uh, so one of the things that I've learned to do over over time is what I, I don't really know the official name of it, but I call it a block schedule or a master schedule. Hmm. And um, what I've learned to do is if I can group a set of activities together and release other ones during that block of time, I can tend to focus on that more. Hmm. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when our kids were little, uh, I was a youth pastor, and when you're a youth pastor, you generally have commitments on Wednesday nights. It's it's when youth group happens. So instead of saying, how can I get ready for Wednesday night, run home, have dinner with the kids, play with the kids, come back to youth group, run home, and what I would do is I would just say to Heidi, and she agreed to all this, I'm not coming home Wednesday. Hmm. So her expectations were set. She could get the support she needed or the plan she wanted. My time was freed up so that I didn't have to get ready for teaching youth group uh, on Tuesday night. I would do that on Wednesdays. And it, it just, I would fill that whole day and evening full of teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Now I would reverse that other times. Uh, so... Our jobs are a little bit unique that we work on weekends. Sure, yeah. So um, we would do that with our family too. So uh, Thursday and Friday when the kids were little, this is kind of preschool and all that kind of stuff, um, I would leave the office because I work on Saturday and Sundays. I would I would leave the office at 1 o'clock on Thursday. The kids knew. We called that Daddy's Chore Day. So that's when I would mow the grass and fix the sink and blah, blah. Friday then was family fun Friday. And we would just block it so that if I was gone in the evenings or too busy and the kids were like, Daddy, you didn't play with us. I'm like, oh, but Friday. And I just found that having that uh, master schedule or blocking things in that way relieves a lot of tension Mm -hmm. and it allows for a lot of communication Mm -hmm. uh, so that my wife, my children um, know what to expect. I remember Heidi one time saying to me, uh, she's always been amazing with uh, giving me freedom of ministry and things like that. But she said to me, uh, she said, I don't care when you come home. I come. I care that you come home when you said you were going to come home. Mm, yeah. And because she's like, I, if I can have the right expectations, I'm big girl. Sure. Uh, and then we would, I would return all of those favors, right? So this wasn't just about like everybody focus around Jeff's life, but I would kind of return that to Heidi, and it allowed us to communicate and set life up in such a way that we could make it function. And if you're able, not everybody can do that with their jobs, but if you're able to do that with your job, uh, if your job, uh, it's it's different. Uh, if you have a job that says I'm here from nine to five and I do these things from nine to five you're going to schedule different than you would a job that says uh, you need to have these things done by Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then you can manipulate your schedule. But that's what I tried to do. I tried to not bounce. Um, the other thing that just 
organizationally is I try to capture moments. Hmm. Um, so if my kids are on the soccer field and I'm in the car waiting, I'm probably returning all my phone calls then. Hmm. Right. So I very, I don't really have a lot of hobbies, very, very little like TikTok and Snapchat <laughs> stuff. Um, but when my kids were busy doing something else and I was transporting them, I would capture those moments in there. That might also be like a conversation with Heidi. But it's the intentionality of, of doing all those things. Sure. I um, The block scheduling has been something that works really well for me. Just about two weeks ago, I had a Thursday where I was coaching Ainsley at game day. And then right after that, I had a meeting from like 7.30 to 9 o'clock. And then I got together with a buddy after that, and we hung out uh, from 9 o'clock and caught up after multiple weeks. And it was one of those deals where like, honey, I'm just not going to be home. And we worked that out. It wasn't like I'm bailing. But um, it was. it's easier for me, and I'm hearing it's the same for you, to just give up a whole evening as opposed to short things, multiple evenings. That- Running around and throwing a little bit of uh, of attention at something here and there is the least effective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I can focus in on that, I try to do it. The, the other thing I would add to that is um, if you can't do that, mm-hmm. so if you are at work and you're coming home and you have kids and then you're going to lead life group that night, if you can schedule five minutes to change gears – so I did this for years. My my kids are older now. Um, they're teenagers and, and adults. Um, but for years, I would come home and I would sit in my driveway for five minutes. And I would pray and I would transition my mindset from work to home. And I used to do that because uh, we had life group at our house. Kids were little, so you're trying to do dinner. You're running the vacuum. You're slamming you know, the dirty clothes in the closet as the doorbell rings kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I can schedule five minutes, literally five minutes to like before the doorbell rings and after the kitchen's clean, if I could just transition my mindset for a second, it's amazing how, how helpful that kind of stuff is. So you're just thinking it through. Sure. Do you have, um, any tips for those that have very unpredictable schedules? So maybe they're on like 12-hour rotations as a physician, and I might be working Tuesday this week or Thursday that week or Sunday this week, and so I'm not even exactly sure of my church schedule, let alone my personal schedule. And um, and then, of course, you mix in things like kids' games. Like, what are just some, like, practices? For instance, you mentioned the maybe make some phone calls while you're in the car that you've found that can, like, help prioritize some of these relationships when everything else seems volatile. Yeah, I, I think those transition moments are a big deal. The The other thing I, I would look at in a life like that is, I and actually in all of our lives, I would look and I would say, years ago I sat down and I wrote, the priority of my relationships. Mm -hmm. So number one uh, is Christ. Number two is Heidi. Number three were the children. At that time, number four were my parents. Number five were my siblings. Number six were our our personal friends. Number seven was like being the pastor of Grace Church. And when I sat and wrote those things down, I'm like, I'm actually all these things before I'm the pastor of Grace Church. Mm-hmm. 
So that means that all these other things have to be subordinate to that. Mm-hmm. So it's not always a equal distribution of time, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, we those of us who have jobs outside the home, what we spend the most of our day doing is working, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's distribution of choices. I'm going to choose Heidi over Grace Church. And I'm going to do that by prioritizing the health of our relationship. If our relationship feels unhealthy, the thing that has to give is one of the six things under that relationship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, our children were that way. Like, I, um, I wanted to be with my children. And so I would work like a maniac in the office. If you've ever, well, you do, but if uh-huh. other people worked with me in the office, like I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to go home and be with my children. <laughs> right. Right? So when I identified who I was, and I'm like, the thing that is going to rob me the most, this is me personally, and for most of us, the thing that's going to rob me of my real priorities the most is my job, and it's number seven. Mm, yeah, <laughs> right? right? So I'm like, I'm just not going to allow that to happen, and it has to change, or I have to change jobs, or I have to change careers even, um, because they will step over your still warm, dead body and replace you. And your children can't and won't do that, right? That's really good. I, I think that those priorities, they, they, it, it's amazing how we can kind of know them in the back of our head. But then in practice, if we're not focused on it, it can like just start to really get wonky really fast. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was interesting. Something you said reminded me of a conversation I had um, with someone, and I wonder if it fits into this paradigm. So this particular person, um, they were talking to me about, basically, they're like, I, they felt the need to be in biblical community. Yep. Uh, they wanted to have people that they could process their faith with, but other than a random conversation here, they're every like five months, they felt like they really didn't have those people. And so they're like, should I join a life group? Should I not? I'm so busy. And um, one of the things that had kept them from it, they're like, I can't do it well. They were like, I can't go four weeks out of a month. I can't. I'm afraid that our family might not be all be all be there together. And they really had this mindset of like, I need to be the perfect in this case life group attender before I could ever add anything like that into my life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious what you think of this. I, I challenged this person. I said, you don't have to be the best life group. Uh, a tender. You need to be the best version of what God has called you to be, and that probably includes someone that tries to figure out from time to time how to have biblical community. Yep. And so, um, you don't have to be, for instance, the best dad or the best mom. You need to be the best grown-up who happens to parent. <laughs> like you need to be the best version of your person. And I'm not trying not to be self-helpy here, but like. Um, is this making sense to you? Can you clarify any of this? Because it's making sense in my head, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think in situations like that, you have to change your expectations, and mm. and this is the kind of the second thing I wanted to say uh, when I was thinking about this is it's a freedom that I want to give you. Mm. Um, 
you don't have to do relationships in a box. You have to make sure your relationships are healthy. Mm. And, and, and that's a, those are very different things, right? So the, uh, if, you, if you actually can't make it to life group on a semi-normal basis and be very careful mm-hmm. with deciding that that's true. Right. Because it's probably not. But let's just pretend that it is, right? If you actually can't do that, then just do it different, um, the point is not even at Grace Church. The point is not that you go to life group. The right. point is that you share your life with people who are believers and people share lives with you. So I uh, give you an example. I uh, was at a point in my life, probably about his pushing ten years ago now, that I'm like I don't have biblical community with men, mm. and and I need like some strong men in my life. And so all the strong men that I knew that were not on our staff um, are busy, mm-hmm. and we all had young kids. So we started getting together once a quarter. Now, it's changed a little bit because our kids are older, yep. but back when our kids were little, we would meet at 9 o'clock at night, and we usually stay together until about 1 o'clock in the morning. And we would do about three months of life group, and an evening. Sure. But it led, we've kept that meeting for years now, and now we meet earlier because we're all getting old. <laughs> um, but, it, but it created spiritually what we needed created, but we, we did it outside of a box, mm-hmm. right? I think when we say we're too busy for biblical community or church, I think we've got things the wrong place on that priority ladder because it's, it's not necessarily that work is taking your time it's the kids volleyball game and i'm like why are your children playing three sports like how does that why are they getting more why would your how is it healthy that children are getting more time with their coaches than their father yeah nothing about that's healthy and they're not turning pro (laughs) right Right, so so I'm like that's a that's a father and a mother, a family that has to lead and say to a kid, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have anything to do. We're gonna have a we're gonna spend time together. Doing what? Well, organize that. Right. Yep. You know, organize that. Um, I feel the same way. About, but when you say when people say I'm so busy, I'm like doing what? And, and sometimes they legitimately are. Most of the time they aren't because um, if I said it's important for you to be in, in church every weekend, you would say, I'll see if I can make it. If the coach said you need to pay $500 plus get a hotel room plus buy meals plus buy a new uniform and you must be out of state at a soccer tournament three, or, three out of four weekends a month, you would do it. Yeah. So that's a priority ladder thing. Mm-hmm. And when your kids are your age and their marriage is on the rocks, they're not going to go play soccer. Mm-hmm. So they they must have a spiritual foundation, yep. and you must give them that, and you must prioritize that. So there is time. Um, what we tend to do is we tend to major on unimportant things, entertainment, sports, and and the first thing we for, forfeit are the priorities, mm-hmm. right? So just be careful with that. 
but you can attack it differently. So you have you're the firefighter or the you know the doctor whoever that has the wonky schedule. Um, look at your life group leader and say we can make it the third Tuesday, and we're really going to try to make the social things. Um, look and say um, every other week my wife and kids or myself and the kids are coming. And once a month, we're going to try to be there. Don't just forfeit it because it doesn't go in a box. Just find a way to attack it and, and, and go from there with it. That's excellent. Jeff, I think not only are those priorities uh, so important, I've watched you do something that I think you've seen a lot of fruit from because you've been doing it for years, and I've even been the benefactor of. I notice every once in a while, um, if you're go- having like a long meeting, maybe it's an hour away or so, all the way up to like I'm taking a trip, uh, you'll you'll grab one of your kids and take mm-hmm. them with you, or um, you know you'll you'll put an apprentice or a, an associate pastor or a disciple person in the passenger side seat of the car yep. and you'll drive to Philly and now you got 16 hours with them there and back and like talk a little bit about how you can like attach some of this to something else you have to do. Yeah, so our when when the kids were little, they're older now, so they have their own lives a little bit, you know, <laughs> so they don't always want to be with hang out with dad, but uh, but they actually they still uh, my youngest son is a freshman in high school, he still travels with me. Mm-hmm. But my kids always traveled with me. And they had to be um, usually seven, eight before they could. They had to be able to be able to sit in another part of the building and entertain themselves while dad had meetings. But if you asked me to come do something, I would say I'll only do it if I bring one of my kids. Oh. 99.9% of the time, people are like, that's great. And I look at the kids and I say, you're going to have to wait on dad all day. Uh, we usually go and buy a Lego set and they could put a Lego set together. Uh, while they're waiting on me, but we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to swim in the pool. We're going to go see a movie. We're going to get a pizza, whatever. And they loved it. And sometimes it was a couple of them. Uh, sometimes it was just one kind of dependent on what I was doing. But um, it wound up being precious time with my family. Um, and one-on-one, we have six kids, so one-on-one time with my family. And it was really wonderful. I did the same thing. I still do this with interns, residents, and pastoral staff, things like that. If I have a four-hour drive one way or something, uh, an email will go out say, uh, what interns want to travel with Jeff? Mm-hmm. And I'll do coaching, talking, life. Uh, we've done that mm-hmm. where it's like we're working on some big project. I'm like, well, <laughs> I got five hours in a car. Yeah. Like it's, it's a great place to whiteboard and brainstorm and, and things like that. But it's just, that's what I mean, just like redeeming those moments. Mm-hmm. And what I would do, um, like with the kids traveling, the priority ladder would define who was going with me, right? So if I was, if I had really, if I had meetings in California and it was March, Heidi was the first person that got asked, right? Now, mom and dad both being gone with six kids rarely works. Sure, yep. <laughs> So then it was the and the kids knew whose turn it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would kind of keep track of it. Um, but they would get asked before, and if none of the kids could go because of school, then I would ask. I moved down the priority ladder from there. Yeah, and see who was available for it. I I think um, I think a part of this freedom thing that I that I want people to to really hear. 
I don't believe in balance. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe in correction. So I, I don't know hardly anybody. There are a few families out there, but I don't know hardly anybody who is sitting down at 5 o'clock and having dinner and uh, having a, a very routine evening at home. That's the exception to the rule. And I know in our lives, our family, that was impossible. Like our family rarely eats dinner together, mm-hmm. right? Where it's it's kind of like you're on your own, you know, kind of a thing, because the kids are busy, mom and I are busy, all those kind of things. What I do believe is in balance. So we do celebrate the birthdays together. We do take a family vacation every year together. If I'm going to be busy, I'll be busy right before I take a trip with the kids Mm -hmm. because it'll balance it out. Now, like I said, my kids are a little bit older. This is different when they're little because Mm -hmm. the manpower is a thing. Sure, sure (laughs) You know? Um, But I think if you thought in those terms, like with your spouse – uh, you don't have to uh, take her to dinner. You don't if, if you're like we can't we can't schedule a date night. Every Tuesday is supposed to be our date night. We never do it. That's that's fine. Schedule a weekend away every other month. Uh-huh. That's actually easier to schedule, uh-huh. right? And so you just you just swing it into correction. And what you're looking for, you're not looking for a balance of schedule or a balance of investment. You're looking for health. And my relationships at church need less time. 95% of them uh, don't expect me to hang out with them every week. Yep. Right? Um, your, Your spouse's personality, Heidi is not sitting at home waiting for Jeff to show up. (laughs) <laughs> right, she's a very, very. She, it would it would drive her nuts, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, so I don't need to do that. Uh, but I love her and enjoy her and need to be with her. Mm-hmm. So we just would attack it differently, right? And I think if you think in terms of health and whether relationships are moving in a healthy direction, whether your kids feel loved and known. Um, that's that's what defines those things. Yeah, I um, as you were saying that, it reminded me of um, something my wife has been able to do lately is we have a couple of friends that are basically like family to us. We love their kids. We, we love them. But we don't get to see them very often. And they've become the people that hey, we're going we're gonna to take a weekend away. Do you guys want to go with us? Yep. And now you're able to kind of catch two birds with one stone. They're, not, they're, they're close enough as friends that they're not a burden to us, so it's still vacation time away. And it also uh, hits that, hey, we should catch up. We haven't seen each other in a long time yeah. uh, itch. And so uh, those kind of things. And the same thing, we have another family member that every once in a while just jumps into our, like, our regular rhythm schedule, or like dinner schedule is what I meant. And so... We're not making anything special. It's just the casserole and the broccoli. But we're eating dinner, and you need dinner tonight. You want to come over for an hour and a half? Yeah. You know, and you're just utilizing what you both need at the same time. And those can end up being really valuable ways to maybe pick up some of these relationships that you're like, I'm trying to find time to invest. Incorporate them into some of the normalcy of your life. It doesn't have to be a quote-unquote special time. So um, one of the things I'm hearing you saying, and this will probably be kind of how we wrap this up, Jeff, 
this is going to be a little bit case by case. I'm hearing you say intentionality. I'm hearing you say priority. I'm hearing you say make sure that God's um, direction is out front of these relationships. Um, And so we're really going to have to do kind of like the double effort of just making sure that we're kind of following him as we navigate each relationship case by case, because they're all different. They're all different, and 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 I think we need to. I think you have to let the Lord define this, right? So the there there is like the, uh, um, you know, somebody reads the the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to sit around and just think about God for eight hours a day. And then you got somebody who's scheduled, they're addicted to activity. And I don't think either one of those things are correct. I think biblically, our lives are supposed to be full. Mm. Um, the, the scripture says our life is a vapor, it's a mist, it's here and it's gone. And so our lives are supposed to be full, but they're to be full of investment, yeah. not busyness. And it, that's very different. And so investment is tied, how do I know that I've invested in my friendship with you enough? I have to know you, I have to understand you, and then, like, we kind of know that, Yeah. right? Same thing is true of my spouse and my kids. All of my kids are different, right? So how do, how do I know that they're all okay? Well, I just kind of have to know them, and, and I'm looking for things. Do they tell me? intimate things do do I you know but I don't I don't know who their friend group like I don't know all their friends I'm like hey friend <laughs> kid you know I don't I can't keep track of that I don't want to sure uh, I, I don't know uh, what homework is due tomorrow but they're on the honor roll mm-hmm. right so I'm, I'm looking at it that I'm like I, don't, I have no I have no idea what classes my kids take in high school mm-hmm. and some parents are aghast right now I know that my kids are on the honor roll mm-hmm so they seem to be handling that just fine. Sure. You know? So, like, don't get caught. You be you, mm-hmm. right? Don't get caught in expectations and patterns. Um, don't get sucked up into, like, the perfect mom is this, the perfect dad is this. In, don't get sucked in, uh, into selfishness and laziness. Mm-hmm. I'm Netflixing and, and, and uh, wasting my life away. Mm-hmm. Be full. Don't be when you become overburdened, your relationships become unhealthy. Pull back when you're overburdened, but pull back on the shallow stuff, the non-eternal stuff, mm-hmm. right? And and find that balance, that balance there. It's so good. And I want to just encourage you if you need to take this conversation kind of to the next level, that this is what having godly friends, having godly counsel, having godly leadership in your life is for. How do I navigate this nuance in my life? Maybe you can help me see some perspective, and it's amazing what a good conversation can do in helping you navigate that. If you have a question that you'd like to have discussed, you can submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. If you're looking for a church home here on the weekends, uh, you can join us in person in the Akron area here at Grace Church. Jeff recommends right here in this room. If you're watching, he's pointing right here. That would actually be pretty awkward, but we'd love to have you here. (laughs) Crowded. (laughs) We have a much better place for you to enjoy that. Uh, (laughs) um, And then, of course, if you're out of the area, you can check us out online as well. 
Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. Catch you next time. Thank you.